and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. How many know that back in the 70s, those of you that are over the age of 30, 40, 50, how many remember those oil shortages and then the gasoline lines where you had to wait for blocks and blocks? I remember my parents and grandparents telling me about that. <laughs> I remember waiting in line when gasoline was, I remember 25 cents a gallon. I mean, I really remember that as a kid. 23 cents. 23 cents, wow. And, and exactly, Irene is older than me. But uh, the point here is that there was an energy crisis. And much in the same way, and we still face that today, there's an energy crisis. It's really the reason why there's wars fought especially in the Middle East, it's an energy crisis. It's all about the oil. It's nothing more than that. It's economics, and that's never going to change because that is an area of control. We do have an energy crisis, but in much the same way, there's a spiritual energy crisis, a spiritual energy crisis. You see, the, the supply of the Holy Spirit is unlimited. It's a vast, unlimited resource, but very few believers ever want to tap into that. We, we can almost feel content with what we have. Well, well, life's good, Pastor Rick. You know, I'm paying the bills, you know. Uh, my wife's treating me good. My dog's happy with me. My kids aren't yelling at me. I, I'm all right. But the Holy Spirit is there for all of us. How many know that? Yes. And God's desire is that we would receive all that he has for us. How many like gifts? You like gifts? Gifts are free. Everybody say free. free. How many like the word free? free? If you're like me, you like the word free? It's free. There's, there's no, not, no ties, no strings attached. It's free. It's a gift. And that's what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. It's a gift for you. Now, you don't have to have it. And let me just preface this by saying the gift of the Holy Spirit does not determine your salvation. It has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation what I mean is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what I'm talking about this morning, if you do not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're still saved if you call yourself a believer, have repented of your sins, have invited the Lord Jesus Christ to, to come into your life as Lord and Savior. You're still saved. You still have the redemption Holy Spirit in your life. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is that primarily this is an endowment for power and for service, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to read some scriptures on where that's found in the book of Acts and how that applies to you and I today. I think it's a reminder that we all need to hear from time to time. As you know, we are affiliated with the Pentecostal Church of God, which for those of you that don't know anything about that, it's 99.9% .9 identical as the Assemblies of God, as most Pentecostal denominations. Uh, that's the Pentecostal distinctive, is the belief in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, I would invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2 in your Bibles. You brought your Bibles this morning? I hear pages turning. That's a good thing. Or maybe electronic devices. You, that's fine. And for those that didn't bring either of those, there's an outline with that sermon text on there. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 is where we're going to read. And if you'll stand with me this morning, we're going to read that, as is our custom. Now, 
let me just set this up. This right here is in the upper room in Jerusalem. I had the privilege of going to Israel and, and actually being in that upper room, what they say is the upper room. And, you know, that's always debatable, you know, 2,000 years later, whether that was the actual upper room. But really, what a joy that was. What a blessing that was just to be in that area. This actually takes place 10 days after Jesus had ascended up into heaven, 50 days after Passover. And so Jerusalem is filled with, with a lot of foreigners at that time. A lot of people are there because they were celebrating the Festival of Weeks which was a time, a festival of giving thanks for their crops for that year. So there was multitudes of people from all over there in Jerusalem at this time. So let's pick it up in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, everybody say all of them, them. were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. It endures forever. We pray your blessings upon it. May we be able to receive it, to hear it, and Lord... Just thank you again for your precious word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. So you noticed the Spirit of God filled all of them. And when I say all of them, if you read prior to that in chapter 1, it talks about approximately 120 people being in this upper room, including the mother of Jesus, including his disciples, including other believers, the the first church, the early church, 120 believers were there, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's important to recognize. They were all filled. And here, this this story, it tells about the, the very first disciples that were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see, this not didn't just happen one time. It happened in Acts chapter 2, happened in Acts chapter 8, uh, 10, 19, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This wasn't a one-time experience. As I mentioned, it described it in Acts chapter 8 when Philip was preaching. It described it in Acts chapter 10 when Peter is preaching to Cornelius and his household. It describes it in Acts chapter 19 when Paul is speaking in Ephesus. And I was able to go to all these different places in Jerusalem. And that's why if you ever have the opportunity to go to Israel... I highly recommend it because this word becomes alive. It becomes alive when you begin to read the pages. And you're going, yeah, I get that. I see where this place was located geographically. And then we went to Simon the Tanner's house, which may not mean nothing to you unless you read the book of Acts and, and so forth. But there's nothing more important in the believer's life than being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's about plugging in to power that the Lord has available for each of us. However, let me point this out. Tongues are not just the evidence of a spirit-filled life. They're always the initial or first evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the Pentecostal distinctive right there. Right there. Now, can you have the, the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes, absolutely. 
And the initial infilling of that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is evidenced by speaking in tongues. That's the Pentecostal distinctive. Amen? Now, I want to real quickly just give you this, uh, and I normally don't get into this because I believe God's word is, is sufficient, but I just want to give you real quick three Greek prepositions found in a particular scripture, which I want you to turn to, John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. And I want to talk to you about, real quickly, the meaning of these Greek prepositions and how they apply to the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17 says the following. And this is Jesus speaking here. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Here's where I want to point out three prepositions. Notice where it says the Holy Spirit was already with. That word with in the Greek is para, P-A-R-A, para. It means with. The Holy Spirit was with them. But listen to what Jesus was saying. Jesus said he would be in them, or the Greek word preposition en, E-N. Jesus said he would be in them. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came into our lives. The Bible says that we are sealed by his Holy Spirit. We immediately receive his Spirit the Spirit of God that lives inside of us when we become believers. I just want to make sure that you understand that, that we're clear on that. Every one of you that's a believer has received the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says this, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? In you. Okay? Again, the seal of the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit in them. But listen to this. But not every believer has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's the distinctive here. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And we read this. This was our scripture verse this morning. And if you want to put that up there again, Raquel. It says the following. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That word upon in the Greek, that preposition, upon, is the word epi, E-P-I. That means it's going to come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. What it's saying to you and I is today is that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in American Canyon, in Vallejo, in the Bay Area, in California, in the United States, in Israel, and unto all the ends of the earth. Amen? The epi, where the preposition, where it says, comes on you, upon you, the epi experience is the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowering the believer for acts of service. That's the sole Sole reason we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's for works of service. 
The baptism, this baptism generates an outward flow from us outward. It's not where when we receive the Holy Spirit, that's for us, for us as a believer. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant so that you receive that, but it's supposed to go outward. It's supposed to empower you to be that witness for Christ. It's supposed to empower you to do the works of Christ. Amen? How many have experienced that? I know my, my, my family has, my daughters have in camps, in youth camps. Um, I was, I'll never forget my experience. I was just a brand new Christian. As I didn't grow up in, in church, I was 24 years old. And I had just been at a Wednesday night service. And it was a, a revival going on at the church I was going to. And it was a guest speaker, which I couldn't tell you what he spoke on. I, I have no clue. Even then, I didn't know what he spoke on because I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know Genesis from the Philippines. But at any rate, the, the power of the Spirit moved upon me that night. And I spoke in tongues for the very first time. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it happened to be July 4th. 1984. So on the way home from Napa to my house where I was living in Rutherford at that time, there were fireworks going off everywhere that night. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was on a mountain high experience that you wouldn't believe because I thought, God, you did that just for me? That's amazing. I love this Christian life. And that's how and why I'll never forget that experience. And it wasn't the only time I have spoken in tongues, but there's an initial, initial evidence of speaking in tongues when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so let's continue here. I want to look at your outline now. I want to answer three quick questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it can be confusing. It's not about, it's not about tongues. It's not about that at all. And, and I know people get hung up on that. They, they get fearful. They, they don't understand it. And really it's because they don't have a proper understanding of it. God, our Father, doesn't give us any harmful gifts. We read that this morning. He doesn't give us any harmful gifts. What He gives you is always good. It's always for your benefit. It's always to bless you. Amen? Amen. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when God clothes you and fills you with His power and His presence. Now, again, it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't make that person that's received the baptism of the Holy Spirit a super Christian, and he's better than the person that doesn't have the... No, no, no. All for, for too long, the, the church has, has made this distinctive of the haves and the have-nots, and that is so unfair. That's not what it's about. Amen? God loves each of you the same. He loves each of you the same. So what you do have is a desire for more of God and you're pursuing that or you're not. It's that simple. It really is. So again, what, what, what this Holy Spirit means is it, it empowers you. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it empowers you to witness. Have you ever been around people that you know need to hear the word of God and, and you don't know exactly how to say it, how to speak it, and, and, and you're stumbling for words and, and you feel the Holy Spirit telling you, you need to speak to them right now. You need to tell them right now. You need to pray for them. Well, that's why God gave you the baptism of the Holy Spirit to speak that and pray that in power. Amen? He empowers you. He, he says, you shall be my witnesses. In the King James, I love the way it says it says, ye shall be my witnesses. Amen? And when, and when it talks about 
the power there in Acts chapter 1, it talks about this power, the word power, which means where we get our Greek word, um, where our English word dynamite from, it, in the Greek, it's dunamis, right? You've all heard that word, that expression. It's a power above and beyond what you are capable of having within your own being. I, I believe when I look at you, there's some powerful people here with your mouth, with your tongue. You, you can say things in a powerful way, in a discerning way. But God goes above and beyond that when he gives you the baptism of the Holy Spirit to witness to people. Yes. Now, I've often wondered about this. Well, Lord, why did you choose tongues? And this is just Pastor Rick here thinking but, or saying this. But you remember that scripture in the book of James where it says this. It says, no man hath the power to tame the tongue in the King James. It says it that way. I believe God used the tongue. What he's really saying is, look, no man can tame the tongue but I can. I can tame that tongue and I can cause this to happen because only God can. Yeah. Only God can do that. And, and, and not only that, but when I became a believer, he, he took away that, that, that foul language and I'll never forget what a minister said to me one time. He said this, he goes, foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. Woo! I didn't want to cuss after that. <laughs> I didn't want to cuss after that. Let me say that again. Foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a feeble mind. And I don't want you to think I have a feeble mind, right? And I don't cuss anyways. That's not a desire in my, in my soul, in my spirit. So when you're saying that little word that, that's not a big deal in here in your mind, just remember that. Remember that, amen? amen. That was just free. All right, let's continue. So the disciples received this day, this power on the day of uh, Pentecost. Penta meaning 50 days after Passover. They, they received this power. Remember, Jesus said, wait and pray in Jerusalem when, when he ascended. He said, go back in Jerusalem. Wait and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. We, you will be baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. How exciting, because... These disciples had no clue what was going to happen. They didn't have the book of Acts to go back and say, oh yeah, that's what happened you know, a couple years earlier. They had no idea. All they knew were to be, they were to be obedient, go back and pray and wait. That's a big lesson for all of us sometimes. Sometimes we just need to wait and pray. Wait and pray, wait and pray, wait and pray, and watch what God does in your life, amen? You, you don't know what may be happening. You don't know what, what's in store for you. Neither did these disciples. They didn't know. They didn't know God was going to give them this gift in this way. So again, that same power that those disciples received, you can receive today. See, there's different camps out there, and I'm not going to get into this, it's called cessationism, where they believe the Holy Spirit gifts ended either at the time the, the New Testament was written or at the death of the, the first uh, apostles, and, and that's a belief. But throughout history, there have been people that have always had the gifts of the Spirit. How many know that? It, it hasn't, it didn't end, nor did Jesus say in his word that it would end. These gifts still exist today for his church, for his glory and his honor. Amen? Amen? Now, again, this is a promise for all believers. Acts chapter 2, and I won't read it here, uh, verse 38, where Peter is preaching. Peter's preaching to multitudes that day. 
It says after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy, the Holy Spirit baptism, and he begins to tell them that this promise is for all of you, unto as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so they told that to their children. Their children told that to their children. Their children are telling it to you and I today, over 2,000 years later. That same promise exists for you and I. But are we willing to seek it? Are we willing or are we, well, I don't know about that. Trust God's word. Trust his word. Amen. It's a promise for all believers. They were all filled. The Bible says the spirit filled all flesh. It came upon all flesh, upon all who were afar off. It is for all, including you today. Number two, it's a command. It's a command to all believers to seek it. Jesus commanded it. Amen. He, he, he didn't suggest it. He said, I command you to be filled with the Spirit. Paul commanded it in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, which I read last week. When God commands something, don't you think it must be important? It's mu- it must be important. Now, now going on to my point number two on your outline. Why is the baptism in the Holy Spirit so important in every believer's life? Well, here, let me tell you why, and I have it on your outline as well. Because it's your, it's your source for power, for service, for your life, for anointing. Yes, you can still do these things um, uh, greatly in a, in a great and powerful way. Because many of you may come up to, you and say, to me and say, Well, Pastor Rick, um, Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist of our time, was never baptized in the Holy Spirit, never spoken tongues. And I would have to say, I agree with you 100%. He never did. And God used him greatly. God used him greatly. Amen. I'm not saying he can't use you. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to misunderstand that. But again, this is an option for you. This is, he's saying, I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why not pursue it? Amen. You know, there's great men of God throughout history that never spoke in tongues, yet God used them greatly. Amen? Again, we know that the Bible is really saying when we, when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're really serving God to the fullest of our ability, of our capability. Amen? How many know that sometimes you need more than what you can do? Uh, sometimes it's hard to get up out of bed in that nice, comfortable, warm bed, right? And you need the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to get you up out of bed sometimes. And, and, uh, and it's true. We, we really need the power. We need to be plugged into that source to be able to do the work of God. Yeah. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power to witness. That is the greatest thing I have seen in my life. To be able to go up to a complete stranger, and I just feel God's presence telling me, you need to pray for that person right now. You need to pull over on the road and pray for that person. You need to go up to them and just tell them, hey, can I just tell you God loves you? And I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just feel impressed to tell you that God loves you. And when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God's power allows you to do that much more freely, easily. And there's, a, there's an anointing on that. There's an anointing on that. Amen? How many have experienced that firsthand in your own life? Amen? Yes. Now, what, the question here this morning that I want to ask you, why does every believer need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? 
Well, the answer is very simple in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Because every believer is called to be Christ's witness. Everybody say this with me. I am a witness. I am a witness. Your life is a witness. Good, bad, or ugly. It's a witness. Amen? And I pray that it's good. I pray that it's beautiful. And I pray that every day, whether, whether you speak words, that your life is a witness. Yes. Sometimes you don't need to speak words to be a witness. Sometimes it's just your actions alone. It's, it's your acts of service that speak volumes. Amen. Amen? It's what you don't say sometimes that speak volumes. Amen? So again, why do we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, when you're baptized in the Spirit, you'll receive power to do the following. And check these out. Power to overcome temptation and the holy life. Sometimes you're, uh, there's a commercial, I forget what it's for. There's a guy, he's up in his attic, and he keeps hitting his head on a two-by-four. You ever seen that one? He keeps hitting his head. And sometimes in life, we just keep hitting our head, doing the same thing over and over and over when God's saying, no, man, I got so much more for you. Let me, let me turn your path. And you got all this freedom to walk in, this blessing to walk in. And that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You'll receive power to overcome temptation and live a holy life. You'll receive power to pray, to pray. You'll receive power to love. How many know that's a tough one sometimes? Loving on certain people, you know. Well, I can, I can love on this person, but Pastor Rick, I can't love. Don't ask me to love on that one. No, I didn't ask you. God did. God did. Amen. He puts people around. How many figure that out? He puts people around you that sometimes aren't the easiest to love, yet you're commanded to love them. Amen. Amen. Thank God I love all of you the same. And I don't have any issues with any of you here because I can love on all of you the same. Amen? Amen. But man, sometimes we need his anointing, his power to love on people. Better to understand the word of God. Power to better understand the word of God. You know, sometimes when you're, when you're going through the Word and there's no problem with coming across a passage and saying, Lord, I don't understand this. You may have a, a, a study Bible and there may be a commentary on there at the bottom, some notes, and you're still not understanding it. God can speak to you. How many know that? God can speak to you directly. Yeah. He'll speak to people in dreams. I was mentioning something about a dream this friend of mine had, this other pastor friend of mine, and about Christ's imminent return. And, and you're, you may be here today going, Pastor Rick, we've heard that for 2,000 years now. But never, never again in the history of mankind have we been where we're at today. Wow. Never in the history of mankind have we been where we're at today. People are having dreams of Christ's imminent return like never before. Like never before. So, so God gives us the power to better understand His Word. He gives, the, gives us the power to preach His Word when we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Power to do the works of Jesus. Power to more clearly discern the voice of God when He's speaking to us. How many have ever been at that point where... Um, was that me? Was that God? Was that bad indigestion? I'm not sure. Uh, was that the voice of God? What are you trying to do, God? Is that you really? Y'all been there? Come on. That's been all of us at one point or another. We've been there. 
but the power of the Holy Spirit helps us to clearly, more clearly discern the voice of God. Amen? Amen. And then finally, it gives us the power to worship. Uh, there's, there's nothing like Pentecostal worship. I'll just tell you that right now. There's nothing like Pentecostal worship. How many know what I'm talking about? There's nothing like it. You know why? It's not because they're just emotional. We can get emotional in a Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, I don't care, you name it, Seventh-day Adventist church. But there's something out about a Pentecostal place of worship. Amen? There's power in that place. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for the purpose of cleansing us from sin, but for the purpose of empowering us for His service. That's it. It's not to save you. It doesn't make you a better Christian. It doesn't give you a bigger mansion in heaven. It doesn't give you a better fishing hole in heaven. None of that. All the Lord is trying to say is, here, let me plug you into some 220. You've been working on 110 all your life. Let me plug you into some 220 and give you a little bit of juice there to, to make things happen. Amen? Amen? So let's go to point number three. And I'm, and I'm going through this quickly here this morning. But point number three is, how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit today? How can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I want to talk to you real quickly about three things. Everybody say three things. Three you must do. Number one, you must be truly born again. That means you must have repented. You must have asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life. Yes. Number two, you must hunger and thirst after God. Yeah. Uh, I can't help but say it often enough here. My greatest desire as a pastor is that you would desire more of God. Yeah. That's my greatest desire, that you would desire more of God. Because I know when that happens, you're going to be blessed. God's going to pour out his blessings on you. Amen. And then thirdly, you must be prepared to obey God. Because when you hunger and thirst after God... Sometimes they'll tell you, okay, this is what I want you to do now. This is what I want you to do with that gift I've given you, with the gifts I've given you. And we have that choice there where we can choose to ignore it or we can say, Lord, yes, yes, I'm, I'm your humble servant. Whatever you say, I will do. Amen. So when you have those three things, then you can receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, here, let me point this out. You receive the Holy Spirit baptism through faith. First, you must believe. You must believe that that same experience that occurred in Acts chapter 2 with, with Peter and all the disciples in the upper room, in Acts chapter 8 with Philip in Samaria, in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius, in Acts chapter 19 with Paul in the city of Ephesus, that that same experience is available to you today here in American Canyon in 2017. You must be able to believe that. How many believe that today, man? There, there are scriptures that we read here all the time. With God, all things are possible. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, there's so many other scriptures concerning His Word. His Word endures forever. It doesn't change. It's the same as it was 2,000 years ago. It applies to you today. It's available to you today. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Faith is the essential ingredient. And how, how many chefs here do we have? Raise your hand. I know we have one big chef, big time chef back there, Carlos. He has his own food truck and chef to the stars, right? But 
in every dish that you prepare, Carlos, there's always that essential ingredient, right? You, you can't make that dish without that essential ingredient. You can add this, that, a little bit more of that, and introduce something new, but you have to have that one essential ingredient. In much the same way, faith is the essential ingredient to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You cannot have it any other way. Faith, faith, the size of a mustard seed, the Bible says. Remember, you can move mountains when you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Awesome. You must believe God for the Spirit. And I'll just share real quick. When I became a believer, and it was in March, March 25th, a uh, long time ago, and when I became a believer. And, um, and I remember this baptism of the Holy Spirit was talked about, and they shared these scriptures with me that I'm reading to you today. And uh, I believed it, but I didn't believe it. I believe that it was real, you know, here, I read it in his word, but it wasn't until three months later, three months, that I realized this is for me. I was, remember praying, they had a, a, what they called a prayer room in this church, and I went and prayed in this prayer room before the service, and I just said, Lord, if this is for me, uh, I want it. If this isn't for me, then take it away. And I've often told you, I pray that way. Close the door, Lord, if it's not for me. Uh, you've heard me say that. And the Lord that night right there in that prayer room baptized me with his Holy Spirit. And I began to speak in tongues for the very first time in my life. And that was a few years ago. And I'll never forget that experience. But it wasn't until I said, Lord, if it's for me. I got to the point where uh, I would come up to altars. And we've seen this in Pentecostal churches. People praying, press through. Hold on, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. And, and it's almost like they're trying to force you to do that. Yeah. None of that works until you as the recipient yeah. by faith are ready to receive that. Yeah. And so that's what, where I got to that point where I didn't want nobody raising my hands, helping me to hold my How many have seen what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You've seen that, right? This is the old time Pentecostal churches, and they, which still exist today. And again, I'm not knocking that, but for me, it was, that wasn't working. I, and I finally got on my knees. I said, Lord, if this is for me, fill me and baptize me with your Holy Spirit. And he did that night on July 4th, 19 something. And so again, I asked, I seeked, I knocked, and he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let me close with this. If we take these three steps of faith, the following three steps that I'm going to tell you, you can receive the Holy Spirit baptism here today. Number one, we ask in faith. The Bible says to ask, to seek, to knock, amen, in Luke chapter 11. Ask, seek, and knock, and it's yours, amen? Jesus told us to ask. We must ask by faith. So ask in faith. Number two, receive by faith. Sometimes you have to thank Him for that gift before you actually get it, right? Sometimes you have to say, Lord, thank you for that blessing. Thank you for that healing. Thank you for that new car. Thank you for that new place of uh, that home that I have now that you're praying for. Sometimes you have to step out in faith and thank him for it beforehand. Not wait till afterwards. That's taking a step in faith. Amen? Amen? So receive by faith. For a gift to be fully given, listen to this, okay? For a gift to be fully, fully given, 
First of all, someone must give it. And then someone else must, must reach out for it and receive it. That's the only way it works. So what God is doing is saying, here, here's the gift, Irene. Here. All she needs to do is reach out and receive it. Reach out and receive it. That's how easy it is. Reach out and receive it. It's not about pleading. It's not about, you know, going to church seven days a week and, and reading your Bible 24-7. I mean, those are great things if you can do them, but it's not about that. It's just God's giving you a gift. All you got to do is reach out and receive it. Yes. Amen? Yes. So receive by faith. Receiving is a bold, definite, present tense act of faith. That's what receiving is. Jesus said this in Mark 11. It says, it says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Did you notice that? Did you catch that? He's saying, believe that you've received it. Believe that you've received it before you received it. He's saying, believe it. He's saying, thank Him for it before you received it. The Holy Spirit works in the same way. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is saying, believe that you've received it and just receive it and thank Him for it. Amen? That right there will change your world if you begin to do that. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Amen? And then finally, the third point here, the three steps of faith. Ask in faith, receive by faith, and then speak in faith. Speak in faith. That was one great thing that Brother Ed would do. He would speak in faith. He was a man of faith. Once you sense the Spirit's presence within you, begin to speak that in faith. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an outward manifestation. You need to speak it. It doesn't come any other way. As I mentioned earlier, I really believe that God used the... He took that scripture out of James that no man can tame the tongue... And this is just Pastor Rick. It doesn't say this in the Bible. But I believe he took that scripture and says, Yeah, you're right. No man can tame the tongue. But watch what I can do with your tongue. Watch what I can do with your tongue. And so you have to, you have to speak out in faith. You will begin to feel the presence of God in your, in your, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I promise you. And it's at that point, it's, it's when you're worshiping that God's presence comes upon you. Those people in the book of Acts in the upper room, they were all worshiping him at that moment when the Bible says tongues of fire appeared to them. They were in a spirit of worship. And it's at that time when you feel something, because it is, there's no denying it, there is an emotional experience with it. But the Holy Spirit isn't just all emotion. Amen? You, you, you can't be led by emotion every day because emotion will lead you down the wrong road. How many know that? Some days you're going to be happy and some days you're going to be sad. And you can't be led by your emotions. But when that Holy Spirit comes and begins to speak to you, you need to continue to voice it. You need to say, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I, I love you. And as you begin to declare those, those worship statements by faith, He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Speak in faith. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, is what the Bible says. Not my words, but what the Bible says. And then finally, speak from where you sense the Spirit of God, your innermost being. It comes out of here. There's another scripture in John chapter 8 that talks about 
the, the, the rivers of living water which begin to flow out of your innermost being. And it's referencing to the Holy Spirit beginning to just flow out of you like a river of life. And, it, and again, that's God. God does that. You can't create this. Only God can do that. Amen?